Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. If you don't happen to have a copy of the Scriptures in front of you, let me encourage you to pause this and go and secure a copy of the Word of God. I'm sure that your life, like my life, has been changed over the past few weeks by just a few words. Words that we had never even thought about, perhaps never even heard. Coronavirus, COVID-19, social distancing, perhaps it should be physical distancing as we limit our contact with, with people. Shelter in place, executive order, stay home, stay safe. Perhaps you've read some words. Sorry, this item is not available. These words have been literally life-changing. As I read the Gospels, I discover that the lives of the disciples changed dramatically following the crucifixion. Their lives had been turned upside down. Absolutely nothing was normal after the sacrifice of Christ. I remind you that they had entered Jerusalem in triumph. But five days later, tragedy struck. Their teacher had been hung on a cross between two thieves. As they entered Jerusalem, they were planning a celebration. They were going to gather together and recognize the wonder of God's deliverance as they celebrated the Passover. They went to the garden to pray. Soldiers arrived. Jesus was arrested, and they all fled in in fear. And then as they watched him hang on that cross, two words changed their lives. It's finished. And at that point, everything fell apart. Three days later, following the crucifixion, The scripture identifies it as the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene went to the garden and discovered that the stone had been rolled away. She went and got Peter and John, and and they came and went into the tomb and discovered that he was not there. Mary, still in the garden, identifies a worker. And she says to him, if you know where they've taken his body, let me know so that I can go and worship him. And then one word changed her life. That word was her name, Mary. That evening, the text tells us that the disciples were gathered for fear of the Jews. And as they were gathered, Jesus appears in the midst of them and says, Peace, be still. Words that changed 
their life. Before his ascension, he would appear eight more times to his followers, validating the truth that he was indeed the resurrection and the life. In Matthew chapter 28, we discover the narrative of the disciples who met with Jesus for one of the last times. And in verse 16 we read, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. They saw him, the living word, and recognized the wonder of his presence. But still, some were uncomfortable. Some wondered what was going to take place here. Jesus gives them their assignment. That they were to go and make disciples of all nations. And they were to teach them to observe everything that he had commanded them. And then at the end of verse 20, he gives them these words. I am with you always. Words of encouragement, words of hope, words of comfort. Words that I trust you can identify with this morning. I want to share with you four wonderful truths that flow from these five wonderful words. Truth number one. These words identify his continued presence. Now, he had told his disciples that he was going to leave. In fact, in John chapter 14, he says, I go and prepare a place for you. In chapter 16 of John's gospel, Jesus said, I'm going to the one who sent me, but I will send you the comforter, the paracletus, the one who will walk alongside you. John 13, Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus says, where I go, you cannot follow. And here in Matthew 28, Jesus says, I am with you always. Now, if you study the Greek text, you discover that these words are in the first person, singular, present, indicative. Now, that may be more information than you really wanted, but I think the Amplified Bible brings it out so that we can understand what it really means. The Amplified Bible translates it this way, I will remain with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance and on every occasion. In Hebrews, the writer identifies this truth. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to turn to Psalm 139. Listen while I share God's word. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. 
You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, well, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even in darkness it is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. You formed my inward parts. You knitted them together in my mother's wombs. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book are written, every one of them, the days that are formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. I am with you always, a promise of his continued presence. We also identify in that phrase his continued peace. Peace, a confident assurance of commitment. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people had a greeting. It was not only a, a greeting, but it was also something that they left each other with when they parted. It was identified in a single word, shalom. Now the word shalom has the idea of peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. It's most commonly used to refer to a state of affairs, a state of well-being, prosperity, security, circumstances that are unblemished by any sort of defect. Shalom can be thought of as a, a blessing. It's a manifestation of divine grace. I am with you always. Shalom. As the disciples were in the upper room, because their world had fallen apart, Jesus appears in the midst of them, 
We discover this in John chapter 20. And his first words of greeting to them were, Shalom. Peace be with you. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace is our foundation in our relationship with with God. When the disciples were sent out, Matthew's gospel tells us that as they entered homes, they were to enter those homes in, in peace. The woman whom Jesus healed, who had the issue of blood, was identified as one whose faith had made her whole. And Jesus dismissed her, saying, Go in peace. You'll remember that in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, Jesus was at the Pharisee's house. And a woman who did not have the best reputation came in and washed Jesus' feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Jesus' response to her was, go in peace. The Christian life is all about a confident assurance that God is in peace control it's a contentment that allows us to live in harmony and completeness paul's epistles open with this greeting grace be unto you and peace from our lord jesus christ in romans chapter 5 we are told therefore being justified by faith we have Peace with God. And in Philippians chapter 4, Paul reminds us to rejoice in the Lord always. And then he repeats it. He says, again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. He hasn't forgotten about you. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts, Paul says to his readers, and minds on Christ Jesus. I am with you always, continued peace. I am with you always, a continued peace power the practicality of his presence and the presence of his spirit being lived out in our lives jesus said that he would not leave his disciples comfortless but he would send them the holy spirit who would be a helper a comforter to them jesus said he would not leave his disciples directionless For that spirit would teach them all things and bring all things to their remembrance and guide and direct them into truth. 
And Jesus said he would not leave his disciples powerless. Right before his ascension, his disciples were told that they would receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Paracletus, the Comforter would come upon them. Paul writes to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. And here in our text, in verse 18, Jesus begins his instruction to his disciples by saying, all authority, I like the King James, all power, in heaven and in earth has been given to me. And he now passes that on to his followers. Jesus gave them continued power. And Jesus gave to them continued provision. Yes, I am with you always, and I will take care of you. I will provide for you. I will always meet your needs. Paul identified that to the believers at Philippi when he said, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times you may abound in every good work. One of my favorite psalms is the 23rd Psalm. Say it with me if you can, will you please? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod, his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I, will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've used the illustration before, but it may be one that can remind us of his provision to us. A Sunday school class was encouraging its students to memorize the, the 23rd Psalm. And as they had finished their memorization, each of the students stood up and quoted the wonder of that passage of Scripture. Finally, it came to Johnny's turn. And Johnny stood up and said, The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I need to know. And with that, he sat down. The power of words. I am with you always. Will you say it with me? God is good all the time. 
And all the time, our God is good.